Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday the 20th of November. It's a little after 11.30am. My name is Heather. And I'm Erin. We'd like to welcome you to today's show. Today we're going to talk about 2016 because we Mm. are beginning to wrap up the year and uh, a lot has happened this year that I think we need to talk about. We need a debriefing. Ladies and gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves, heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here, I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying, Happy birthday, 3CR! Well, welcome to Out of the Blue on 3CR. You may be listening to us live. You can also listen online at 3cr.org.au. And we're also podcasting, so keep an eye out for that as well. Well, 
2016. We're almost at the end of November and uh, we've obviously had a bit of a crazy week and a half after the US election and I'm, I'm going to admit here and now, did not see that coming. I don't think many people saw that coming. No, definitely not what I was expecting. There's a lot of people shocked, not just in America, but around the world. It does have some pretty significant impact. And even a week on, I, I still think it's like some weird reality TV show that they're going to go, hey, gotcha. <laughs> like Ashton Kutcher's going to pop out from somewhere. Right. We're all punked. You're all punked. Yeah. <laughs> I just I keep well, waiting hope. for it to happen. Let's hope. Any, any day now, I'm looking at this door. No? Okay. Now, lots of other things have happened. I mean, 2016 started as a really sad year. If we think about it, we lost David Bowie. That's right. Like really early on. That's right. Look, and we've had quite a bit of a, a challenging year with um, quite a, a number of deaths of um, some quite high profile people. Alan Rickman. Hup. Oh, Snape. Yeah, that's right. And from oh. many, many films. Oh, many films. Die Hard will not be the same as Christmas. <laughs> there is that debate whether Die Hard's a Christmas film or not, but I understand. It's true. Tough yeah. call. I'm, I'm mixed. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have that Christmassy feel, but I do understand, you know, there is a Christmas scene in it. We've got Harper Lee. Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Prince. Fantastic book. Prince. Come on. Of course. Prince. <laughs> I'd forgotten about him almost. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Yes. Another good one. Yeah. Gene Wilder. And... Oh. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And just recently, some very sad no- noise uh, news about Len Cohen. Yes. Yes, I know. That was just last week. So, look, it's been a challenging year for all of us. Uh, some good, good, um, some challenging marine news, some challenging news all around the world. Uh, and, of course, Trump being elected has compa- confounded this completely. Um, but we did want to bring you some light, fluffy news because it's yeah. not all bad news. It's almost the end of the year. Let's let's go out with a positive. Let's bring it home with some – we do talk a lot about doom and gloom here, but let's bring it home with some happy, fun news. Um, and what look, are we going to start with? What are we going to start with? Well, you may have heard that when Trump actually was elected, the Canadian website crashed, the immigration website. And I can absolutely understand this. The Americans were freaking out. They're like, oh, I need to get out here. Maybe I'll move to Canada. <laughs> well, it's close. You don't have to cross a, a I'm border. Not, I'm not blaming them. And it sounds fantastic. Now, if we wrap, up this, wrap this up in terms of marine news, Justin Trudeau, which is their current prime minister, is a real world leader. and He is brilliant. He's fantastic. Yeah, everyone loves him. He's doing some him. really great work. And just recently, he announced $1.5 billion to help protect their coastline. And this is a significant step. Uh to quote him, he wants to strengthen the Canadian Coast Guard, get tough on pollution from industry. So he's not afraid to actually tackle these big issues Good. and fund coastal habitat restoration. Now, restoration is such an important part because by restoring the habitat, you're helping the animals. Like You don't have to choose a species and target it. You can target the entire ecosystem. That's right. That's by right. just protecting the habitat. Maybe we should move to Canada. As Australians, can we can we do that? I've always felt like Canada would be pretty similar to here. Okay. Like I feel like we have the same sense of humour, and we just really get along. So, folks, if we're not in the ra- on the radio in a month's time, maybe we're in Canada doing a, a similar show there. Oh yeah, we'll definitely podcast from Canada. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. we can do a podcast. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So, if anyone out there wants to sponsor our trip to Canada, that would be amazing. Yes. Because I definitely don't have that money <laughs> sitting in the bank account right now. Sure, sure. 
Um, look, and it's, it's fantastic. Uh, they are restoring marine ecosystems. Um, and there's a massive area, and they do have a massive coastline. So it's fantastic to see such a really important world figure taking a real lead. And it is um, setting a really great standard for the rest of the world to aspire to. So, as I said, not all doom and gloom. And I think it leads on beautifully from um, Barack Obama, you know, announcing the largest marine protected area at Papahanaumokuakea in Hawaii. So it leads on really beautifully from that to sort of had a good positive end to the year. Great. Wrapping it up. Now, I have just been quickly looking up some positive songs, and uh, I think you'll agree that this one is a, a pretty upbeat, positive one for today's show. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but okay. just sit back and enjoy. Cheer up, Brian. You know what they say? Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, Did you enjoy that? I did. I hope everyone listening out there enjoyed it. That was obviously Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python. Oh, classic. Now we are are looking on the bright side of life today and, you know, it's been a challenging year. So what I want everyone to do is, you know, get get online, open a book and find a cute fluffy animal. Why not? Let's bring it down a notch. We often talk about science. We talk about some pretty heavy issues. But look look into the eyes of a cute, fluffy animal. I want you to find maybe a penguin or a Penguins seal. Penguins are cute. And look into their eyes. They do love you. They do want to adore you. And they want to cuddle you. Well, you can tell, tell yourself well, that. Maybe not a leopard seal. I don't maybe know if they want to cuddle you. Well, I don't know. Like to maul. Is maul the right? I think they'd like to maul this you. Is, this is a light show, Heather. This sorry, is a light sorry. Show. positive. They want to hug you. Positive. It's all great. <laughs> fluffy dogs. Yep. All right. So... You're looking at this animal, and what you have just mentioned several Antarctic animals. That's right. And we know we want to protect their habitats. So continuing on our good news story, there is some information out there about the Ross Sea. Oh. Now, people may have heard the Ross Sea mentioned in media recently, and that is because of some good news oh. to continue on with okay. our good yep. news show. Keep it coming. So the Ross Sea is located down in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And we will include, I think, on Facebook a map so people can picture where we're talking about. But it's near the Antarctic Peninsula. And it's one of the last remaining stretches of ocean on Earth that has not been harmed by human activity. I I don't think there's many of them, really. No, it's a pretty unique area. Sorry, I'm bringing it back to doom and gloom. We'll bring it back to life. No, no, positive. This is positive. It has not been affected by people. Okay. So it's yet to be damaged by extensive overfishing, pollution, or invasive species. Okay. So recently, the world has had a very rare opportunity to protect this Ross Sea from growing numbers of threats by declaring the continental shelf and the slope of the Ross Sea a marine protected area. Fantastic. Like, this is absolutely brilliant news. So over 500 scientists have signed this, saying that we need this area protected. It's an essential ecosystem that we need to protect. Now, there's lots of reasons why we should protect it. Biodiversity. It is huge in the region. And there's been a lot of scientific research that's been happening in this area. So scientists have over 170 years of data 
from the Ross Sea. Wow. And some of that data is 50 continuous years. So it's not very often you get a data set that includes such comprehensive monitoring. In science, that is exceedingly rare. Yeah. So Usually you start the research when you realise something is wrong. That's right. But this research has been going on well, well before that. So it gives us a long period of time that scientists can draw some really accurate conclusions from. This is brilliant. This is brilliant news. It is. It really is. But let's talk about why it's important. Yes. Because you did mention the cute fluffy animals yep. like your baby seals and yep. your penguin chicks. That's They're the ones that I like the most out of all the animals, baby seals. So it provides um, an incredible area. And it, it, let's talk about the area first off. So it encompasses less than 13% of the circumference of Antarctica. Mm. And just 3.3% of the area of the Southern Oceans. And the Southern Oceans is a very productive area. Yeah, sure. Um, However, it provides significant habitat for many, many populations. So this includes 38% of the world's Adelie penguins. Nice. Now, the Adelie penguins are the ones that have white around their eyes that constantly look surprised. (laughs) I do. Well, I, I think they look surprised all the time. Um, It also incorporates 26% of the emperor penguin population, which obviously everyone knows from Happy Feet. Yes. Emperor penguins have had, and March of the Penguins, of course, with Morgan Freeman doing the fantastic narration. Love that. It's also more than 30% of the Antarctic petrels as well. And also, if we have a look, we've got minke whales, 6% of them, and 30% of the Ross Sea killer whales. Wow. So So this is a pretty significant area. It's a really significant area. A lot of animals have obviously worked out that this area is not being utilised by humans and are taking full advantage. Well, the word's going around. Yeah. Get on on down there. I love it. Everyone's just out there going, yeah, no humans here. Totally hang out. It's a great spot. So it's a really important area. And what they're looking at is what would happen if it wasn't declared a marine area. So everyone knows what happens if you do declare it. It becomes protected. You can't fish there. You can't take certain size vessels there. Everyone appreciates what happens when you protect it. But what happens if you don't? Any ideas? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I would say our global fish stocks would uh, diminish. Definitely. That's a a human impact, but obviously we're going to be losing this massive amount of biodiversity that's obviously in a very important area, possibly a breeding ground for a lot of these particular animals. And uh, habitat as we know and habitat habitat loss is one of the single biggest causes for species loss. So what would happen if some really dire consequences? Well, one example is that toothfish have been fished quite extensively in several areas of the world, in the Southern Ocean included. And there is an abundant population of toothfish in the Ross Sea. So one of the predicted effects, if it isn't protected, is that more vessels, even though it's harder for them, more vessels may venture into this area because it's a lucrative fishing spot. Because the toothfish have been extensively fished elsewhere. And this would provide an easy catch. And even though they'd have to travel further to get there, the actual cost that they would get from the toothfish may outweigh how much it would cost to get there. Okay. I mean, that's just one example that could be happening here. I mean, there's many valuable fish. Um, the toothfish is also sometimes called the Chilean sea bass. Oh, yes. So, you know. Sea bass. Sea bass. I rate sea bass with laser beams attached to their heads. Is that the ones? Yeah, that would be the same ones. What I was just that? thinking the same thing. I think, yeah, Dr. Evil definitely <laughs> one of those. Um 
But the other thing we need to consider is there are a lot of countries that are operating in Antarctica. So this really needs to be a joint effort. Right. And I feel sometimes countries only come together to face something that is bad. But here we've got an opportunity to come together and build something that is good. So we really have a global partnership here that is actually working. Yeah. But you don't often hear about. No, uh, you don't. To protect a certain um, area. And that's fantastic that we were actually able to achieve that. It does set a really huge precedent for the future and hopefully a positive one. And one thing from memory, and I'll correct it on Facebook if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure Australia is responsible for about 40% of Antarctica. Wow, okay. So we have, you know, a really, we have a responsibility to lead the way here and say, yeah, we want this area protected. Great. And it's not like other areas where you can say we want to protect it for future generations because not many people are going to Antarctica. We need to protect it because it's the right thing to do. Not necessarily because more people are going to go there. I think you've just hit on something absolutely important. You want to protect it because it is the right thing to do. Yeah. And we need to be doing that a lot more. We need to protect areas because it's the right thing to do. I mean, look at, you know, the Great Barrier Reef. Sure. We should be protecting that because it's the right thing to do. But we're still discussing about how we can have a coal mine out there because there is still enough greed in this world that we're willing to destroy a natural natural ecosystem that's been growing for thousands of years. And look, there is a lot of doom and gloom. I'm sure everyone's aware of the horrible news about the Great Barrier Reef in terms of coral bleaching. 93% has been affected. It's horrible. And look, as someone who's visited uh, many parts of that, it's, it's devastating. It should be devastating for everyone. But... We did say we'd bring the show back to a more positive vibe. Woo-hoo! There is some some good news that may have some really um, fantastic uh, implications. Okay. Implications, sorry. Uh, in Un- University of Texas, of all places, they were looking Go at Texas. the different gene- genetic diversity in coral, and they've found that some coral within the same species in different populations have a greater genetic diversity that is more resilient to change. Oh, okay. So that has a really, really positive impact uh, on our potential to save our reef. And we are doing similar work here in Australia. So within the same species, different populations will exhibit uh, genetic diversity that may be more resilient to those fluctuations, to the regional rises in temperature and those increasingly uh, hotter periods. If we can isolate those genes and those populations and then potentially transplant, uh, potentially just uh, promote these areas, we've got a greater um, potential and chance to actually save the Great Barrier Reef. So, within the population, there's diversity. That's right. And if we can manage to isolate that diversity and grow it up in an area where we know that our oceans are already increasing in temperature, yes, that could be the start while we work out how to stop the temperature increase. Because obviously we can't yep. get away from the fact that temperatures are rising. We need to be acting on this. But this is something we could be doing in the mean- meanwhile to yeah. try and help these species. Yeah, absolutely. We already know that some corals are more resilient to these changes, particularly slow-growing um, slow growing mushroom corals are particularly more resilient to this uh, spike in temperature. But what we're actually finding within multiple uh, populations and species of coral that they do have some genes that can adapt and help fight, fight, uh, fight this um, terrible epidemic. And this is something, this would lead to us being able to actually witness evolution. So evolution usually happens over a very long period of time and you don't witness it. One example that we have witnessed are the cane toads. So since cane toads arrived in Australia, their legs have actually changed to allow them to travel greater distances. Wow. Because sometimes there's a long distance between water. 
So that's happened over a very short period of time. And we could witness the exact same thing with the coral if we're there to help it. If we're there to help it and we're there to help it because it's the right thing to do. Yep. We need to propagate these corals and put them out there because it's the right thing to do. (laughs) Now, if you're inspired because it's the right thing to do, there are many ways that you can get out there and help. So one great example is to join with Sea Shepherd. Now, we know they are out there doing things because it's the right thing to do. I went and visited um, the ship. It was down at Williamstown recently, and they have a very passionate crew. They just want to go out there and help. And they're all volunteers, and they give up months so they can go out at sea and do the right thing because maybe our politicians aren't willing to stand up and do the right thing. Absolutely passionate people and quite inspiring, really. So if you've never met anyone who works for Sea Shepherd, one of the things they're doing is they're doing a marine debris campaign. And this is helping everyday people to get involved in some of their campaigns. So coming up on, it's actually next Sunday. So Sunday, the 27th of November at 11.30. You can listen to the show in the car on the way there. Um, From 11.30 until 2 o'clock, they're actually doing a beach cleanup at Mordialic Pier. Oh, right. Now what they're doing is they're combining a beach cleanup with an underwater cleanup. So if you're interested, they do have limited spaces for diving, so it's worth jumping on Facebook. If you search for Beach and Dive Cleanup with Sea Shepherd, you'll be able to find it. But they're having people underwater who will be cleaning up things like fishing line, fishing nets, um, bait bags that seem to go over the side of the pier quite a lot. Mm, Yes. Random knives and scissors, all those sorts of things. And then you'll have people on the land who are cleaning up the beach and some of the rubbish that we get there. One of the things being straws, which is very prevalent on the beaches, and those takeaway coffee cups that do not break down, no matter how much you tell yourself they do. (laughs) So that's a really good example of how people can get involved because when you get involved and you do something because it's the right thing to do, you feel really good afterwards. Of course. It's a really great feeling. I urge everyone to get involved, maybe not maybe not this particular campaign, but get involved somehow uh, within your local community or your local coastal area, and uh, you will feel good about yourself and you'll actually be contributing to a really positive outcome. If you want to do something at home because sure. you feel like you, you don't want to leave the house, maybe it's a rainy day, but you still want to do something for the environment, I highly recommend... On, on the internet, it's free to download and stream. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio has a new documentary out. Obviously, people know that he's become very passionate about the environment lately. Sure. Um, and he has a new documentary out called Before the Flood. Now, it took two to three years to film, and it involves him going around and talking to different community groups that are right there. They're on the edge of it. They're seeing exactly what is happening with climate change and with pollution And what's going to happen to our planet if we don't make a stand and go, no, we need to do what is right? So he really devoted two to three years of filming and his life really to finding out how these people are impacted and how they're making a difference. Well, not only his filming and life, but let's, you know, the world revolves around money. He put money into it as well. That's how much he believes in these causes. He has made this film and he's talked to some incredible people and it is free. Wow. Because they want as many people as possible watching this. Great. And and learning from it and realising that there are things we need to do. 
And I'd like to put the call out there. Um, Heather, you just mentioned that he was able to put a lot of money into this. So if anyone's listening and has a spare few million, we've got some ideas that may need funding. Definitely. We can definitely <laughs> spend a few minute, a few million really, really wisely. I can, make, I can spend it really quickly too. <laughs> now, if you need even more inspiration, I recently met up with little Isaac. Isaac oh. is seven years old and he's a wildlife warrior. Oh, fantastic. And he participated in a program called Edge Pledge where he pledged to help animals that were on the edge of extinction. I've heard of this. Yeah. It's now, really gaining momentum. I've seen it around It really lot. is. So he was raising money for a particular species of possum, and we're hoping to have him on the show in December. Fantastic. He's very busy at the moment. Oh, well, seven the life of celebrity. Exactly. It's really <laughs> hard out there. Um, but he was raising money for a species of possum, and he pledged three different things that he would do, and people could put money to one of those. And the cause that he decided to do, he's, he went out for one day a week for a month and he cleaned up a beach. How's that for commitment? He's I know, seven. Seven. Now, he went out there with his mum and dad and the three of them went out with their garden gloves on and their bags and they just picked up rubbish. How is that not inspiring? If a seven-year-old can do it, then we can all do it. Exactly. So do listen out to our shows in December. We might have him maybe on the last show of the year. Oh, okay. We'll try and get him in. We'll yep. see if it fits with his schedule. Busy schedule, yep. Um, in the meantime, though, definitely look him up. He's on Instagram, Isaac Wildlife Warrior. And he did tell me he's also got a YouTube channel. Wow. Like, I'm really impressed <laughs> already. Um, so it- check out his YouTube channel as well. Again, it is Isaac Wildlife Warrior. He's achieved all this by the age of seven. Makes me feel... Really, really like an underachiever. I know, I know. <laughs> so please, pledge us those millions and we'll, yeah, we'll achieve some things. We'll do some good. Yeah. So unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of our show for this week. We hope you've enjoyed hearing some of the positives that are happening in our world. Don't forget that you can listen to us online at 3cr.org.au. Obviously, you're listening live on 855am, but also you can podcast our show too. So make sure... You know, spread the word. Tell your friends and family about how positive today's show was and inspire them to go out and make a difference. Well, coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. So enjoy your Sunday and get out there and make a difference. See you later. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.